Hi, everyone. Today is Wednesday, August 4th of 2021, and we are here for Rudy's Psychic Meetup. And of course, that means Rudy's here too. Hey, Rudy. Hey, everyone. Good to be here. Uh, tonight's topic is going to be a secret, secret meetings, secret clubs, secret families that rule the world. So uh, we're only going to scratch the surface on some of these topics. You can just go down so many rabbit holes, but I thought this would be a, an interesting one uh, to take a look at tonight. But Sam, before we get started, I wanted to talk about uh, a question that came up on the last psychic meetup that we actually got some confirmation on. Um, so there was a young lieutenant who went hiking uh, in the Mount St. Helens area, and somebody had, he was missing, and somebody had posted a question, what do you see? Um, and as it turns out, he had fallen off a hiking trail uh, down a 200-foot cliff and actually passed away. That's Lieutenant Yang. So uh, very sad news to hear about that. But Sam, you want to revisit that? And I mean, because this was only two weeks ago, you actually saw what happened and um, and told us that on the last meetup. So just maybe go into a little bit more detail about what you were actually seeing when, when that, that question came up. Well, what I saw was I was like facing him, the person that I saw in the picture that because it was on Samnet, someone had posted it, I think on Samnet. So I saw that, you know, what his um, ethnicity was, general build, that kind of thing. So I saw him from the front and he was, um, he had one leg stretched out, like he was trying to, you know, like if somebody's sliding and they're on gravel and they're trying to stop themselves that, and so he had one foot out. And that's why I said that he had fallen because it seemed to me that, you know, sometimes when you lose your footing and you end up going down sort of a smaller mm -hmm. embankment, but at the end of that, you know, you get up such speed, you can't stop yourself. And then you go over the bigger one. And I, I feel like that's what happened to him is that okay. he, um, Oh, and since then as well, um, and I mean, see, this is where I feel kind of weird about talking about it because I'm not really talking to a family member. And here I yeah. think I I think I've spoken to their son because I did see that. But again, I was stepping carefully because just out of respect of, on the off chance that somebody who was related to him saw this. And that's why I didn't want to say as well whether he went, had passed away yeah. Or because I said, you know, somebody else could show me that picture. It didn't, it doesn't have to be right. the person who died. But then when I heard he had died, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And he would have been dead by the time we did that. So that yeah. would have been him talking to me because that's the, you know, if the person's not dead, um, somebody in their tribe shows you the picture yeah. right, to give you an idea about what's going on. But most times, you know, if the person has actually passed over, they'll be the ones run in front on that because, you know, of course he was motivated to communicate to me what yeah. had happened to him for sure. Yeah. Uh, sad ending there. Um, but you know, it was, it was amazing how quick you got that. Uh, Cause right when I mentioned, uh, read that question, I remember you had kind of like, Oh, like you saw him falling. So, um, so interesting stuff. All right, let's jump into the topics tonight. Uh, first thing I want to talk about tonight is uh, secret clubs. So uh, there's so many of them out there, but 
the, I'll pick a few of the prominent ones that seem to uh, hold sway amongst this conspiracy crowd. The first one is Skull and Bones. So this is also known as the Order, Order 322, or the Brotherhood of Death. It's an undergraduate uh, senior secret society uh, at Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, and it's known for its powerful alumni, and there's a lot of conspiracy theories associated with it. Uh, but it's one of the big three societies It's at Yale. The other one is like Scroll and Key and Wolf's Head. Uh, sometimes I wonder who names these things. But anyway, the, uh, the alumni... Uh, there is a trust association that owns the assets of this organization. And uh, the, the members actually pledge part of their estates uh, to the organization uh, upon their death. And so each year, 15 juniors at this at Yale University are selected and chosen. And they have to commit, uh, it's for a lifetime membership, and they in return, they have to swear total allegiance to the club. They reportedly divulge intimate personal details, including their full sexual histories before they're inducted to the club. Uh, and again, they agree to give part of their estate to the club. So Sam, a couple <coughs> people of note that have been in Skull and Bones, William Howard Taft in the late 1800s, uh, John Kerry was in the class of 66, George Bush, George W. Bush uh, in 68, Steve Mnuchin, 85. So Sam, do you think these clubs have any sort of inside track on politics and power, or is it just a result of the elite uh, and people of this class going to the same Ivy League schools, knowing each other, and it just so happens that's kind of the pool that the politics or the politicians rise from? It's a little bit of both. Okay. There is there is some of that in there. Like I said, many times when people say, oh, you know, that's a conspiracy. But then when you look back, sometimes you find out that number one, it was completely true. It wasn't a conspiracy or it was, there was some truth in it. You know, maybe, yeah. you know, A and B happened, but C didn't happen. You know, okay. but hey, we didn't think A and B happened, you know, so it's it's one of those situations so there it's and it's a natural progression in things too because when you have people that you went to school with and you have a close relationship with them formed that way or through uh, another one is through families mm -hmm. because a lot of them they associate with one another their children yeah. associate with one another they go to the same they they go to the same elite prep prep schools um, you know, so if they don't know each other from going to school together, they may have run in similar circles with their children attending the same, you know, preschool, nursery school, yeah. you know, the ones that they have big, long waiting lists for. So, and it's like 20,000 a year or more, or 60,000. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, and the other thing is divulging all these personal details upon membership. And I think, the some way that opens them up and uh, makes them vulnerable. And I don't know that, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those reciprocal agreements that you, ex you can uh, put yourself out there and they will have dirt on you. Right. But they can also, uh, you also are allowed, you know, probably some greater leeway in things that you do in your life. So um, yeah, it's an interesting concept. I know I went to school in the Midwest and when the wife, questions is where'd you go to high school because from there you can kind of figure out who you know right there are a lot of people yeah. do that um all right the next one is the freemasons and you know this is uh, a long-standing society the freemasonry uh freemasonry or uh 
masonry refers to the fraternal organizations that trace their origins to the local guilds of stonemasons uh, that from the end of the 13th century regulated the qualifications of masons. So you can imagine they were they were pretty powerful back in the Middle Ages, especially. Um, and so regular Freemasonry insists that a volume of scripture has to be open in a working lodge and every member profess a belief in the supreme being and that no women are admitted and that the discussion of religion and politics are banned. Um, there's, I think some of the modern ones don't adhere to such strict details, but the degrees of masonry really retain the same names that they had back in the medieval craft guilds, you know, apprentice, journeyman, master mason, and then there's these degrees of, of master mason. So there's been presidents known to be masons, including Washington, James Monroe, Andrew Jackson, James Polk, James Buchanan, Andrew Johnson, James Garfield, William McKinley, Roosevelt, uh, William Howard Taft, Warren Harding, Franklin Roosevelt, Harry Truman, Lyndon Johnson, and Gerald Ford was the last Mason I think that we know of. Um, so Sam, this something similar here is that this is just the kind of club that men of this um, educational background, this class tend to join and that's part of who they are or do their connections actually help them through politics you think? I think that it, it starts out with a group of men who want to make a difference in the world, you know, stand for something. And then they find the Freemasons. And I was going to ask you, do you have any knowledge of any women now being allowed in the Freemasons? I don't actually. Um, and I haven't looked into that. Do you think there are some? I, yeah. There probably are at this point, but yeah. Yeah, because somebody was talking about um, and it was, it started off, I think the first one, she was um, a Freemason's wife and she insisted on being allowed to participate. Um, but I don't really know anything at all about the Freemasons. I've heard of them before, but, you know, as you were talking about it, I was getting a story about it where, you know, seeing them enter it from an early age. Um, and it is by referral as well. Okay. So... That's the other thing. So you'd have some of the older gentlemen maybe referring, you know, um, somebody else's son to the Freemasons. And, and this is a very, very old fraternal organization. And like they said, they, they don't talk about religion or politics. And that's because they don't, you, you have Freemasons who are of like Jewish heritage and mm -hmm. others, you know, Catholic Irish and, you know, and even people who practice Islam and are Hindus, Freemasons are everywhere. And that's why they don't even know, you know, what your religion is. They don't care. Yeah. And as you said that, you know, it's they're trying to find quality people. It almost serves as kind of a vetting yeah. process that, yeah. you know, if you're in this club, you, you've made it, you know, you're you have these check marks so that, you know, we know we approve of you and then it allows you to, to go from there. Um, one interesting theory I've heard about the Freemasons, you know, they have uh, rituals and handshakes that they go through and all this. And if you think about it, you know, you might go through and perform these rituals and do whatever you do and learn secret handshakes, but you don't actually know what they mean or you're not given the meaning. Um, and there are some that, you know, kind of study this esoteric knowledge that say, only certain levels of Freemasonry can actually decode what these messages, what these rituals mean, and actually serve to kind of carry on um, some secrets that even most Masons don't know are there. Sam, do you think that any of these rituals or handshakes actually contain secret information, uh, 
you know, that maybe a few can, can discover or unlock? No, I think that they realize that in order to be considered um, something with, well, it, it has to do with discipline. Okay. And that's why they created these rituals, just like the many of the people who joined the Freemasons were looking for, you know, really, they, they like the idea of a secret society. They wanted to be part of something, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's different types of personalities out there in the world. And I always say that, you know, with the fall of the French Foreign Legion, that's where you get these other mercenary groups, because you're always going to find a group of men all around the planet that are looking for war. You know, they yeah. want to fight in a war. And that that's was true. what the, that was the need that the French Foreign Legion filled. Well, you know, they're Freemasons they fit the bill for a different reason. They are not looking for war. They're looking for peace and upholding values and, you know, sort of making sure that society is on the right track. And, you know, since there are people who are in various, they're in judicial, they're in, um, you know, and even back in the day, they would have somebody, people like high up in religious organizations, you know, back when, you know, the Catholic church used to run things in, let's say Boston, for example, you know, they would have somebody in the Catholic church who was high up would be a Freemason. And now again, I'm just saying this as a medium, I'm reading, I'm reading the information on the other side. I have no contacts in Freemason. I don't know anything about it. And I mean, for all I know, this could be all just made up stuff. There's no way for me to confirm it. That's we, you know, that's why I do ask a medium and other stuff to prove that, you know, I get the story from somewhere and it usually, you know, is true, but this is the fun stuff that we look into. Yeah. So, but I just wanted to give that disclaimer <laughs> for anybody who's just watching this for the first time, because we do have this over on YouTube under Sam Dan yeah. Productions. So, and there's a, you know, last thing about the Masons, there's an internet story that says, you know, they have kind of these secret codes to identify each other. And one was if you were in court uh, and you were going to get accused of something, you could uh, throw your hands up three times. Oh, me, oh, my, is there no hope for the widow's son? Something like that. And it would yeah. identify you as a Mason. And then the judge might, you know, cut you yeah. a break or something like that. So you hear about all these stories about the inside club and things that happen. And I think it's like that with any any group of people, whether it's a Mason or some other sort of club, right? A fraternity, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's move on to the secret meetings. Um, so two that come to mind are Bilderberg and Bohemian Grove. And we'll start off with Bilderberg. So this is also known as the Bilderberg Group, uh, and it's an annual conference uh, that was established in 1954 to foster dialogue between Europe and North America. Uh, I think this was famously held at the Bilderberg Hotel. Uh, and the group's agenda was originally to prevent another world war, um, but it's now defined as bolstering a consensus around a free market, Western capitalism, and interest around the globe. And so participants include <clears throat> political leaders and experts from industry, finance, academia, and the media. Um, and it's usually, you know, 120 to 150 people. And the attendees are entitled to use information gained at the meeting, but not uh, attributed to a named speaker. Uh, and this is to encourage candid debate while maintaining privacy, uh, a provision that has fed conspiracy theories, you know, on both sides of the aisle. Uh, but meetings like this, Sam, are a good place to present ideas and, cons- and concepts that are going to influence domestic policies. 
is there any merit to the suspicion that somehow the like orders are given here from secret cabals or people in charge that this is what's going to happen and you roll out these these plans or is this really just kind of a place where people in these um you know positions of, of power and politics can come to share and learn different ideas well, I mean, it certainly um, serves as that function, you know, getting people together to share ideas and maybe help things run a little bit smoothly. But you have to remember, wherever you have that, you're also going to have opportunities for people to, you know, line their pockets and have other favors done or be susceptible to blackmail, you know. That's a good point. Yeah. So people could be you could leverage people and yeah they always say you know once people get in power you see some of these politicians and you know suddenly they get on the dole and um you know they, they change quite a bit so yeah well look at the people on the olympic committee i mean a lot of those people i mean they weren't paupers themselves i mean it was embarrassing for me to yeah. read in the paper about these people taking all these bribes and stuff and i'm like you it's not like you were a poor person it wasn't like you were someone who couldn't afford to send your daughter to college or something, or, you know, get your wife a safer car to drive in. I mean, you know, you already had lots of money, but it's just, they have no values. They don't stand for anything. I mean, I tell my son all the time, I'm like, all you have is your name. Yeah. You know, I mean, if people take, they can, people can take everything from you, but if you have your name, you can build back you know, what you had, because people know that you can be trusted and that you've never stolen from anybody. And, you know, you're a person of your word, like these things are all really important. And when I see things like that, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm glad that now we have the media that we do where it goes all over the world. And now you can just Google somebody and be like, no, I don't think I want to be associated with you. <laughs> yeah, but people have these little fiefdoms. I, yeah, I was thinking about the FIFA scandal, you know, the president of FIFA, um, same kind of stuff there. It's yeah. just, I think people get, no matter what it is, their position of power, and they'll exploit it if they're of low character. Um, the next one is Bohemian Grove. So this is one, um, this is a restricted 2,700 acre, acre or 1,100 hectares for you Europeans. Uh, it's a campground in uh, Montreal, California which is outside of San Francisco, north of San Francisco. Um, and it belongs to a private um, San Francisco-based gentleman's club known as the Bohemian Club. Uh, and it's pretty expensive to get in. I think it's at least 25 grand uh, to get membership to this club. But in mid-July each year, Bohemian Grove hosted more than two-week encampment of some of the most prominent men in the world. Uh, this tradition started back in 1873 and continues to this day. So Sam, this is an all-male membership, includes artists, musicians, as well as many prominent business leaders, government officials, uh, you know, the usual uh, and the like. Uh, members may invite guests to the Grove uh, for either the spring jinx in June or the main July encampment, um, but you can, no women are and children are allowed uh, to be on the property for these events. They can have, they can be on there at other times, but all female and minors have to be off the property by nine or 10 p.m. Um, this is apparently when the hookers come out. I don't know, <laughs> but, um, but the, the members of this club include former President Nixon, Eisenhower, Reagan, and Bush. Uh, and in July 2000, I don't know if folks remember this, but Alex Jones successfully infiltrated Bohemian Grove. And this is one of, uh, this is kind of one of, as he started to uh, become famous. And he documented this cremation of care. And this is a uh, ritual, sac or it's, uh, the, uh, what do they do? 
they burn a uh, something in effigy in front of a giant owl. So Sam, I'm going to show you this picture here. Uh, let me go to share a Chrome tab. And we're going to look at this. So I'm showing a picture of a bunch of guys in robes burning something in front of a giant owl at Bohemian Grove. Okay. okay. <laughs> so the ceremony involves burning a mummy-like effigy named Care at the foot of the group's mascot, a 40-foot-tall concrete owl. The cremation of Care is a ritualized sacrifice of an effigy of the body of the dull cares of the world. Dull cares understood to mean the accumulated stresses, boredoms, boredoms and sins accumulated by, accumulated by each of the Bohemians during the past year. Uh, so, Sam, some people look at this and they say, well, it's, it represents some other sort of demonic thing and they're doing something that represents a child sacrifice to Moloch or one of these other things. And I think a lot of these things can get conflated pretty easily. Um, and as I look at this, my personal thought is this is just a bunch of uh, men who used to be able to go to the secluded place and act very childish and do whatever they want. And, um, you know, it doesn't have the meaning that people attribute to it, but because it's all in secret, people attribute all these deep, dark things to it. So Sam, what do you think as you look at that picture? I think it's just a club and it's exactly what you said. I mean, a bunch of guys going somewhere that they can do whatever they want after nine o'clock. Like you said, maybe that's when the hookers come out. I don't know. You know, who knows? But just I think the fact that they can do this um, and it just, you know, when you make things exclusive like that, it just makes, you know, yeah. these high achieving rich men, because that's what most of them are. They're, you know, especially the self-made ones. Yeah. They're very, you know, just by nature, a lot of times they're just high achievers. So, um, you know, I just see that that's really what's going on there. And uh, yeah. Interesting. No deep, dark devil worship or, no. or other. Yeah, it's just. No. <laughs> I know you know. I was in a fraternity, and some of the things, the rituals you do, you're like, "Why the hell are we doing this?" You know, it's. Yeah. <laughs> but it was somebody came up with it 100 years ago, and it was kind of fun yeah. and made sense at the time. And now it's like, I guess we're all doing it. <laughs> well, it's just it's it's juvenile. But the other thing as well is, you know, humans crave to have ha they they want a sense of belonging. Yeah. And when you are doing a ritual with other people, um, everyone's participating in it and you have a sense of belonging. So that's what it's about. And that's why they have rituals because it's supposed to uh, work to cement the relationship that everybody has with each other in this, you know, fraternity, this fraternity. Yeah, yeah, and if you're in the the hookers and blow club with your buddies, yeah. you're not gonna um, disclose or <laughs> or turn against them when you're back in the public eye. So, <laughs> all right, the next one is uh, let's talk about some of the secret families. Um, so, as you Sam, as I kind of research this, you know, there's this um, theory out there that there's like 13 families that that rule the world, um, and you know, conspiracies theorists kind of tend to think that well, you have these members of these families, and they're the ruling families. They're behind everything. They meet in secret, um, and you look at you know, you try to just search the internet for lists, and the names are changed uh, quite a bit. But Rothschild is always on that list. Um, but as I kind of was researching this topic, and I'm going to show this. Uh, chart. It's a pyramid chart as well. So forgive me for a moment here. Uh, I think it is this one. Yeah. So it's basically a pyramid. And if if I were going to rule the world or you know your family, how would you do this? 
and you think you have some people with a lot of money at the top, you know, whatever you want to call them, you're going to fund think tanks uh, that are going to probably research up and coming technology that you might be able to get an advantage, business advantage on to help, you know, continue your empire. Uh, you're going to fund think tanks to make policy uh, papers that support you and your personal businesses, that type of thing. Um, and then you're going to use those and you're going to influence bankers, corporations, politicians at meetings like we like we just talked about, the Bilderberg, any place where you can present mm -hmm. these ideas and steer policy. And the whole goal is to kind of enrich yourself and your empire. Um, that seems to me to be the simple answer to how all this stuff works. Um, let me just pause there. Do you see any sort of coordination between multiple families to kind of steer the world in one direction? Or is it more like those gang, like just different gangs that you've mentioned before? It just depends on what part of the world they're in, what type of business it is. They don't really, they're not really interested in, you know, like taking over the world. They're more interested in, um, you know, their money flow continuing on and, and, they set it up so that that will continue. And, you know, for some people, unfortunately, you know, where they're getting their money flow and their big kickback is from, you know, human trafficking. Mm. Yeah. You know? and, and, you know, you think about it and how many families have been torn apart by just uh, inheritance of a few hundred thousand dollars. It's, you know, kind of once these families grow, you think, well, how can they keep them together? You know, you just look at pictures like the Kennedy family, right? And just how many right. people are there. It just, at some point it grows beyond control. So I don't see that there's these huge families. There's probably always a few people with the purse strings, but Sam, I thought it would be fun to just kind of take a look at, um, I'm going to read the names of the 13 families here that, uh, that was in a list and some others. And I'm just going to read through these. And if you get anything like a, Ooh, look at that from the other side, uh, call it out as I read through these. Um, and we'll take a look at what they do. Uh, so one is the Aster bloodline. Uh, next one is the Bundy. Uh, then there's the Collins bloodline, uh, the DuPont bloodline, which I think is here in, in the U.S., the Freeman bloodline, uh, the Kennedys. Uh, then there's the Lee, L-I, so I'm assuming that's that's Chinese. Uh, Onassis, who was a Greek uh, shipping, you know, that's got their fortune there. Rockefeller bloodline uh, here in the U.S., the Russell bloodline, which I haven't heard of. Uh, Van Dunn, D-U-Y-N, I think it's Van Dunn or Van Dunn bloodline, uh, and then the Merovingian and the Rothschilds. Sam, do any of those kind of stick out as I read through those, like having more influence or some undue influence that you might not expect from a family? Well, I think that, um, you know, DuPont is more involved in you know, being able to pollute. So that's where they would be pulling the strings. Let's say, for example, the Rothschilds would be involved in more in the banking part of things and wanting to control that where they would have always a place in there to okay. receive a portion of everything. Um, Collins came up as well. I think that one is more manipulating in the area of real estate. Okay. So that would be their thing there. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of times they're, you know, associated or called the Illuminati. I think that's a blanket term people use for anybody that they think is secretly controlling. But um, and then there's also theories that, you know, the, there's even darker forces behind these families, like giving orders either off world uh, or other dimensional evil beings that are kind of directing some of these families. But yeah. um, I, I always kind of keep it simple that possible, maybe likely. Eh, I think people are just driven by greed. Well, you know, and this happens in societies as well, because if you took a group of people and made them like 100 people and at the beginning of the game, they, everybody had a dollar, you know, at the end of the game, there would be probably, you know, between five and 20 people who had all the money, Mm -hmm. you know, and at different levels, of course. So you know, this is just the way that it is in society that you have this sort of thing going on. So it's not a crazy thing for me to see that there is a small group of quote unquote families who are, you know, sort of at the top of the food chain as far as that goes, being that this would have started, you know, probably just over a hundred years ago and they just got themselves in a position, an advantageous position. And that's all that's happening now with cryptocurrencies is that people are getting themselves in an advantageous position because they see what's coming and they they know they can't stop it so you know like most people i thought how can i get in front of these rat bastards who are going to completely destroy the financial system (laughs) right and then i saw blockchain because that's when i had that vision about bitcoin you know way back when mount gox crashed that's when I was given the information that yeah. cryptocurrency was going to be used in the future, which was very exciting to me. Um, but yeah, anyhow, it's it, it happens and it's going to happen to people in cryptos. And that's why you got to be careful and keep your mouth shut and don't give people too much of an idea. Like if you have like 13 or $15 million, like that may not blow your mind, but that's going to blow the mind of like probably your family members. You know, so you should probably not mention any numbers in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, you had like families like the Medici, they uh, were, you know, banking family, and then they got popes in charge. And, you know, you people influence, they get these influenced different ways. But, yeah, I think for most of us, it's just we want to collect our our profits and and go our separate ways, right, and just kind (laughs) of do what we want to do and not be bothered. Well, yeah, and that's, you know, it's, it's don't, I guess my thing is, is don't expect everyone to be as excited about your new change in your life as you are. And in the same way that I hear a lot of people who are, you know, making a lot of accusations about these families and, you know, there's a lot of them who are really have really hardworking people Mm -hmm. who, you know, they get up in the morning and they go to work just like, everybody else does. And I mean, their family, they're worth billions and billions of dollars. They don't even have to work, but they do, right? Like you and I, we wouldn't work like that if we had billions of dollars. So (laughs) some of these people, I I hold them in high regard and because I see like their situation and I'm like, man, they're really being badly put upon just because people are upset because they're the granddaughter or grandson of DuPont and, you know, and they work as a VP in a department and they don't want to let their family down like they're yeah. hardworking. And I don't understand why people are so 
hateful and jealous all the time just because people are rich. I mean, a lot of people who are hanging out with us are on, if you're not there yet, you're on your way with the blockchain technology and getting involved early on and knowing the right things to do. Anyways, that's all in the blab. So something to get excited about you guys. You're going to be Rothschilds in, in the group. <laughs> well, then, thanks for looking at those. And, you know, if we, we asked this, I wasn't expecting a whole lot, but if there was something, you know, that's usually when it comes up is in the blab. This is why we go through some of these topics is just to see if there's something to this. So uh, appreciate you entertaining that. And uh, also good that you don't know a whole lot about it, right? Because uh, then you get just, your information is more pure. Uh, so with that, let's jump into the questions. We only have 12 questions tonight. Uh, and our first one comes from Scott who has 11 upvotes and Scott says I know Sam's outlook for the for the US and the world is overall positive in the coming years it seems hard to imagine how we transition from our current state of affairs to that Sam does your uh, does your sense of this positive future come only when the corrupt players are removed from the equation or does it happen in spite of them what is your sense of the time frame before more positive times arrive and how do things get much worse before we see those good times? Uh, what's in store for you for humanity? Well, I think that we're on a different timetable depending on where you live in the world. There's a little bit of luck and location involved in what's going to go down. And it also, um, it's a little bit of a, like before we, when we were talking about the um, lockdowns, when I referred to rolling blackouts, you know, so that's a little bit of, you know, what's going to be happening in the world as well. I mean, we know that just last month um, or earlier, yeah, just in July, I mean, the big news was uh, China and the floods and all those people being swept away and, uh, and the mobs of people in South Africa on the rampage. You know, these were all very scary things happening. And then you know, there'll be another part of the world, something else will be happening. Oh, and people in Germany and France losing their mind for, um, for what is it, vaccine passports? Yeah, th those are coming. And, and Scott kind of elaborates here on the side and he says, you know, the question is really, can we separate ourselves from this or the pain we have to go through? Uh, Catherine Austin Fitz has a good saying that, you know, if there was a 100 people in the room and there was a button that could rid the world of the, all the corruption, but at the same time would sink your 401k, uh, how many people would actually push that button and accept the pain? Um, so I guess, Sam, you know, is that we have to go through this pain to, uh, to rid the world of corruption and accept the consequences before things get better, right? Yeah, and I mean, we're the ones who allowed it anyways. You know, yeah. We really have. I mean, people are just voting themselves entitlements all the time, and they know that they were heaping more debt all the time onto their children's future. And guess what? The kids said no. They said no, Nana and Papa. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> You're robbing us. You're robbing us. We can't pay these bills. And I said before, they'll inflate their way out of it because they have to. They have no choice. So I'm looking at, again, just back to the timeline, um, between four and ten years. Okay. Some places will recover quicker than others. Um, we're already starting to see um, certain people and groups of people turn on one another. Look at the uh, New York um, yeah, this is governor. Cuomo. Yeah, but that was one of the things I talked about. That after um, things changed with the new government in place, that they would begin to turn on one another. 
Yeah. And then there's the theory that, well, they're doing that so that he gets, he goes out on this, but then they don't get him for killing all the old people in the old folks' homes. But um, I don't know, we're just going to have to let all this play out. It'll be, it, it is interesting to watch, though. It seems to be um, just kind of spiraling out of control right now here in the, in the U.S. at least and, and all over the world. All right. Uh, thanks for that question, Scott. Our next question comes from Cal with seven votes. Hi, Sam and Rudy. I'm really curious about the oncoming hostile aliens. Would you please give us more details, uh, how they look, what abilities do they have, what kinds of technology will they bring, etc.? Thanks for your knowings. Yeah, can we use our, our guns to, to defend ourselves against them? <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing is um, the laser technology that we have is going to have significant advancements and it will arrive in time. And there'll be a few more things happen between now and then that we will have to defend ourselves and um more importantly i think that there is there are a lot of people who are on the planet right now and who are being born who do have second sight and the ability to, to tell the future i did see that there would be a lot of people who would be able to report on the movements of the aliens before they they moved. Do you know what I mean? Like they yeah. were able to see the future. So they really didn't stand much of a chance. Um, I don't want people to get too stressed out about it. I only saw that it would last either like six days or six months. It wasn't a long time. Okay. I mean, six months would be terrifying enough, but yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You think it will, we'll be pretty old when it happens. Uh, you know, my, son or grand grandchildren if we have any might uh, be involved in that but um yeah it, it's a ways away though uh, that's what it sounds yes like. it is a long time away i i know that it's about two years before i pass away okay and i'll right. be like in my 80s and i think my son is uh around 40 years old and he just turned 11 so and there's a question that you missed by cowboy coder i had clicked oh, on yeah it, that just came up okay yeah. thanks sam they must have got upvoted there. Um, yeah. So Cowboy Coder says, Hi, Sam and Rudy. Do the people on the other side see us entering into a new Earth type of situation in the near future? If not, will we enter a spiritual renaissance where ancient knowledge and communication with the other side becomes more prevalent in society? If so, what is the best way to prepare or develop spiritual talents? Well, this is what I see coming in the renaissance is um and this is you know it this is hand in hand with all of the people being lifted out of poverty due to blockchain and being able to you know educate their children and how many um cures were missed out on because the person who would know how to fix that never had the chance to you know shine and you know you, there's people who teachers who know that they have a student that's just exceptionally brilliant but because of where they're born at they'll never have a chance there because their parents have no money and they're poor you know but now it's going to change like that because I, I was like well why why the big change well it's because so many people who were just wasted before now you know, we will get, we will start to achieve more of our maximum potential as humans. Yeah. And, you know, that is, well, we deserve a pat on the back for that when this happens that 
everybody would have, you know, pretty much. I mean, you're not ever going to score 100%, but it's always nice when it's better than before, um, especially if you're coming back to learn some more lessons. And and the other thing, too, is that I did see a big fascination um, with people who can do what I can do. And I certainly um, would look forward to ensuring that the material that I have helps train people who are looking at, because we are putting that together, like as they go through the edits and you'll see on the flashback Fridays, that's them just finding stuff, Okay, you know, finding stuff that's come true, just like you did with the hits. And then you yeah. posted it. It's like, Oh, this happened. This came true, you know? And, but one of the things are teaching moments, you yeah. know, for anybody who is struggling with um, trying to learn how to translate their gift. You know, in the early days, I would um, say something to somebody, but I would describe to them the picture that I saw. And I would be like, oh, I see you, um, you know, maybe you should be dusting the place more. I see you there in your wheelchair with the extension thing actually up there and dusting and making sure. And, and then they would say, well, no, I do that all the time. And so as a new medium, I was like, oh, okay, then I'm just misunderstanding the picture, but it helps when I can explain to the person I'm working with what I see. Cause then they yeah. know, then they, th the big thing is, is that they want to make sure that I'm talking to their people, okay. you know, cause there's so many people, they're not talking to anybody. They're just making stuff up hundred percent. Right. And that's discouraging when you put time and energy and you hope to be able to connect with your loved ones. And I find it so easy to do. I mean, yeah. and, um, yeah, so I'm excited about uh, what's coming in the future because people like myself um, and my children, we're both of my children, have abilities. And that's very unusual. Um, you know, I don't have to worry about them going into a world where they're going to be persecuted and, you know, yeah. treated. And the internet, you know, with with having so much of this information available on the internet and, you know, that's what's great, even like the Discord, you can everybody will be able to find something to help them. Uh, and that's, I think that's the great part. Like even like in the discord or why, why we have Rudy psychic meetup, I am by no means the, a, a really super gifted person here. There are plenty of people more gifted than I, I'm the only one that, or not the only one, but I was one of the first people to open my mouth and talk about it. So, <laughs> yeah. but through that, but I did that because on Sam's, Sam's example, um, you know, we we're all learning and just by sharing something maybe that seems insignificant, a lot of us are starting to learn from each other and that's what's been the great part. So hopefully we'll, we will see that continue. It sounds like. Yeah. So good stuff. All right, uh, Sam, our next question comes from Chris. Uh, Dear Sam and Rudy, is it possible to energetically generate a real bubble of safety around a person uh, and or a property that actually works? If yes, how is that done? Well, I believe that it is. And what it is, is that it is more of an intention thing. So, the person who's being protect, protected, they have to know about it as well, which okay. is the hard part. Because a lot of times, you know, you'll be putting, I put a bubble of protection around. Well, they don't know about it. So yeah. they're, and they're the ones who are in charge of their space, not you, not, not source even. It's not okay. in charge of their space. We're all in charge of our own space. So, um, yeah. So one of the things that I did, for example, uh, my daughter had, a little ghost boy kick her out of her bed when she was like three and a half. Oh my gosh. I remember her telling, um, I had a lady who would come over about 
five hours a day, three days a week because I was by myself and I had this very small child and I ran a business. Um, I had employees and stuff, but there were times that, you know, I had to be available in the daytime to speak to people. Um, so she used to come over to my house. And I remember one time hearing my daughter tell her the story about this ghost boy and this little boy and he came and he kicked me right out of my bed. He kicked me. And I went, boom, I went out of my bed. And then Bernadine starts telling her, oh, you shouldn't tell fibs like that. And then I came in and I was like, oh, Bernadine, she's just telling you what a dream that she had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, But I, when, I, when that happened that night after, you know, I heard her speaking to oh. her sitter, um, I took what I took the top off of the broom and I said, you know what I'm doing is I'm making a magic stick. So I just took the top off. You can do it with a mop or anything yeah. that has just take, take this, make it into a stick. And then what I did is I put it on the floor and I, well, I spoke in tongues, but I mean, you could just make up some type of a prayer that you say out loud and you explain to your child that none of the ghosts in the house are allowed to come past this little force field that you're creating around their bed. Right. So she um, believed that and she never had any more trouble with any of the things that would try. And she said, she told me like in later years that the things would come out in her room, but they would never go past the line. Interesting. Yeah, Chris, I, I'd add that, you know, instead of, you know, asking, is it possible, kind of flip that around and say, it is possible to do it. You know, granted, you're, you're doing this, it's all intention. Uh, my wife, part of her uh, thing that she does is she has a daily energy routine. So I've been doing these exercises. And the last one is something called the zip up. And that's kind of where you, you know, you take, you lock it up and you pull from over the back and you kind of have this bubble and helps, you know, you know kind of repeal, uh, repel people's negative energy. Um, you know, a lot of us talk about where we've kind of, think about like a white gold light that kind of emanates maybe from the from the center of you or your house so it's just all however you imagine it to happen and you know think of it, you're in that realm and because you imagine it it is happening so think about it that way is kind of how i look at it so all right good question chris let's move on to our next one from matt zelenko um matt says uh, dear Sam and Rudy, if we're to face the challenge of hostile aliens coming to stage a war against Earthlings, uh, that's when Sam, already a rather very senior, 180 years old, <laughs> uh, 80 years old, um, I want to get myself and others prepared. I imagine that the way to go about it is not by launching mega Star Wars-like projects, but by uniting our hearts and minds and deploying a sort of massive spiritual power wall. Uh, that'll defer the most abhorrent of bugs. Uh, won't this war be fought on an entirely different level, 5D? Uh, thanks. Uh, no. There's none of this transition over and people are like, oh, and a bunch of people are going to disappear and uh, it's all like made up crazy stuff that people have been listening to. Don't listen to any of that. It's Reality is what it is, right? Yeah. If the, things are going to be the way that they're going to be. There's no people going to disappear off the planet while we vibrate up to no, no, this is, this is the way that it is. And you're here, you're here until you die. This is the way it's going to be. Right. And you're not getting rid of any of those a-holes that are bugging you at work. You're not going to go to work one day and they're going to disappear. No, we've got to put up with them. That's part of, you know, keep your eye on the prize, man. Keep your eye yeah. on the prize. You know, those people, 
who you smile and you just listen to them and you realize, see with me, I was always able to put up with those people because I could have, I could see what the problem was. Like I would see sort of the backstory as to why they are the way that they are. Yeah. And it would give me compassion for them. And I would never, I would never think the worst of people because I would see like, Oh, you're like that because you know, your mom did this and your dad did that. And this other thing happened and, Oh, but your mom was like that because this happened to her. And, you know, you just kind of, I'm just like, okay, la, 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 stop, stop, turn <laughs> it off now. Because sometimes that does happen, especially when people are sort of throwing themselves at you all the time. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, you're not going to get away from it. And as far as um, hostile aliens, a big part of being able to repel them is because the world is united at that point. Like I said, we're going to go through a big renaissance. And I'm I'm really, I'm going to be happy to be here. I'm, I'm happy that I'm going to be here to see that big renaissance, not so happy that I'm going to have to go through what it is that we're going to go through. Um, not, yeah. you know, that's not, that's not floating my boat, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't floating <laughs> me, my boat either. When I was, I remember when I was pregnant with my oldest one and at one point you look down at your belly and you're like, yeah, this is going to come out sometime. <laughs> this is not going to be fun. Right. So we are going to have to kick some alien ass at some point, I guess, at right? At some but. point we are, but we'll have the technology to do it and the world will be united, believe it or not. Okay. Um, all right. Tanya Starr says, hi, Sam Nerdy. Uh, thought I would frame a question in a different way. As light beings, we are eternal, uh, cannot be hurt or get ill, no need for vaccine. Can our physical body be, uh, our physical body sack be impacted negatively by the COVID-19 vaccination? No, there's nothing physical here that can affect you that is taken to your next life. With people who um, transition over and are reincarnated, it's more uh, the mental stuff. You know, the, you know, if you died a violent death or if you were involved in a very scary natural disaster or something like that, you can more mentally have scars that are going to carry you over. But, you know, if you um, had a COVID-19 vaccination, there's nothing that uh, is going to be carried over. In fact, you know what, you probably won't even have the effects from it, like even two or three years from now. So certainly not when you pass away. But yeah, I, I don't want you to worry about that kind of stuff, Tanya. And thanks for bringing that up because I hadn't heard that lots of people here are into the woo-woo information. And I know that there's been a lot of topics, you know, on this vaccination stuff that is not true and has really been worrying a lot of people. So thanks, Tanya, for bringing that to the forefront. I appreciate okay. it. Uh, Dutch Rooney says, I delved a bit deeper into Cliff High's latest info. In a nutshell, he's stating a time of chaos in the coming weeks. Do you see a bank holiday, ATM, uh, EBT shutdown, and uh, mar- or market crash? Personally, I expect a market crash next year. What's your take on this? Um, So in coming weeks, do you see any sort of like uh, event or bank holiday that kind of freezes financials, liquidity, that type of stuff? Well, I was thinking that we'd have another repeat of a market crash, but it would happen 
more towards the end of the year, like okay. after September. Okay. So later, later on this year. Yeah, I think you'd said 40,000. So yeah, I'm kind of keeping my eye on that. Uh, <laughs> so when I move some of my 401k stuff around is the closer we get to 40,000. Um, all right. Our next question from I am Richie. Uh, I am says, hi, Sam and Rudy. If we, our group, uh, all maintain a positive thinking about our journey, then it seems easier for Sam to get over the in-between. What changes with our positive mindset uh, in the in-between are there uh, less attacks or different vibrations uh, or more support. Uh, just curious. Thanks. So, Sam, yeah, the more we kind of uh, get together before these these calls, does it help when, you know, if us as a group are kind of thinking about you and making it easier for you to get over to that other side? How does it impact you? Well, it's definitely, um, it changes the level of activity for um, the attacks. And when I talk about attacks, it's just it's just in my mind. Right. Because remember that a lot of you, when I'm talking to your loved ones, they're showing me pictures. Mm. Right. So what happens is that when I'm running through the in between, those things see me and they're like, ah, oh, but we're going to show you this. Oh, that's really terrible. <laughs> show me that. You know? <laughs> you know, and it's just it's just bad stuff that there or store scary things. Okay. You know, they show me really scary things and and the more that people are sort of feeding the monsters, the yeah. worse that they seem to become. And it's like, so even though you, you know what it is, it's still, it's like being on a carnival ride. You know, you can, you know that you're not, you know that you're dropping and stuff, but you know, you're not going to die. Yeah. Right. You know, you're strapped in and it's safe, but you're still going through the motions of, you know, the sensation of falling or, you know, like that scrambler where the, the ride, I don't know what you call the ride where it goes yeah. around and it goes like that and, you know, like that. And you, you feel like you've got to, you've got to make sure that the smaller person is on the outside because they end up right. squishing into you. <laughs> um, yeah. It, yeah. You're seeing pictures. And so you got to make sure you're not, you don't want to go like, Oh, look at that and keep focused yeah. on it. Right. You want to kind of keep focused on what your well, path no, is. It's bad and scary stuff is what it is. Okay. It's embellished stuff. And they even take stuff from like your childhood and make it 10 times worse. Oh God. Okay. You know? Like stuff that's did scare you, but you know, it's worse okay. Like when it's brought and it. And it's a lot of times too, it's stuff that you even forgot all about. Yeah. You're like, yeah. gosh, I didn't even remember that, but then you remember it and then they just blow it up and you know, but I, I don't, um, let that stuff bother me because I know, I know what it is. And I think to myself, Oh my gosh, what about the people who are like me who don't know what this is, that it coincides with your kick butt ability to do a good reading for people and yeah. pull their butt out of the fire, at least for now. Right. You know, <laughs> you can give people enough information to help them. Oh, and those things, they don't like that at all. They don't like people to be happy and content. They want you full of anxiety and fear and fighting with each other and, you know, over stupid things too, man. People fight over the dumbest things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> really? Okay, listen, I'm going to be over here, like, trying to figure out how to, like, do this. What is it? Staking soul? Phantasma? I'll have oh, some yeah. time to do that this month. Yay, I can finally 
start looking at dot and i've got lots of catching up to do all my i'm bringing my books down to the beach house and everything i'm excited okay, okay. <laughs> all right uh our next question comes from raymond hello sam nerdy some psychics have suggested that one of the next presidents of the u.s will be someone with a military background youthful and will unite the country from protest and violence um do you have any idea in which election he or she will appear or who it might be is it possible it might be Governor DeSantis from Florida. Uh, he's in the Navy Reserves, and he's only 42. Thanks. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mention him, because I was thinking the other day when they said that, you know, he might be interested in running for president. I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I feel pretty positive about him. You know, he would do a really good job, especially where Florida is going to be kicking butt to the compared to the rest of the states, because, you know, you want this is the thing right is that eventually the truth always comes out mm -hmm. you know as to who is actually doing a really good job and who's not doing such a good job yeah. and the truth is there now and it's and and the divide is going to get even wider in the sense that there's going to be the have states and the have not states there's going to be a whole lot more mississippis coming up okay. real soon right so of course what are the people in those states going to do well those who can leave will leave it's yeah. going to create you know a logistical nightmare for a lot of people but you know people make adjustments and stuff but above all lessons will be learned because you know it's you can keep you know talking this talk that they what they've been what they've been doing um that you know managed to run their state completely into the toilet and any government no i'm not listen this is not something that america has the monopoly on every single western country and you know in the other third world countries most of them are corrupt yeah they'll steal your money i mean at least you got a fighting chance you know if you move to australia with some money you don't have to worry about it being confiscated <laughs> or stolen from you they'll just tax you and inflate it away from you right but anyways um you know, I don't really have any guess on who any of the future presidents of the United States are. I'm getting a lot of information right now on markets, cryptos, and other parts of the world, and occasionally stuff about the U.S., just not as much as before, because, you know, the world is a big place, and, yeah. you know, I, I like to be um, somebody who's useful, you know, to everybody. And also, these things that are happening around the world, they affect the people in the U.S. as well. Like, you know, for example, oh, somebody told my husband today that he could get a lot more money for his truck than what he paid for it. They're like, oh, you know, and he was like, I know, that's why we got it when we did. <laughs> but I need something else to drive, so I'm not going to sell it. <laughs> well, and that was the thing, right? Because we would have been looking probably um, sometime in the next, like, six months for a new truck. So yeah. it was really good that we got it last year and. I think yeah he got his in november and then i got my wagon in december okay. so we're all we're good we're good we're set now yeah, i got my new tires last week i didn't quite need Whoa. them but i thought better to need or not have or what is it yeah. uh have and not need than need and not yeah. have all right uh, our next question comes from kiwi mark uh greetings sam and rudy are thoughts real forces could a measurably measurable force be generated from the focused minds of many or am i taking this too literally maybe it's just that our thoughts are connected with the others and events uh with the others and events in our world thanks so it is um reliable for a number of people to get together with the same um you know 
like, for example, prayer groups, you know, but the thing is, is that he's talking about, um, excuse me, measurable force. And my answer to that will be no. And it's because when you're, you're entering the world of our thoughts, that is a realm that is more similar to where we come from. Okay. Right. So what happens is that when you get a number of people together, a number of light beings get together and share thoughts and intentions, then, and the ethos has no time or space, then you can affect the area of, you know, whatever person is that may be sick and dying in the hospital or not feeling very well. But here you are with a bunch of other people on different parts of the planet all at the same time or around the same time thinking about this person and, you know, sending them healing. Like you're literally stopping and taking time out of your life to send some positive intentions to this person. And that in itself, um, I mean, that in itself makes a huge difference. And um, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know what else to say about that, except that, you know, we can't affect the 3D, but, you know, it is still worthwhile, you know, people getting together, like, in yeah. the healing I'll add, you know, Kiwi Mark, my uh, wife and the energy work that she does, she's a practitioner and um, I need to record it next time uh, she has a woman here, but there's a woman down in Tucson who's trying to study people that practice energy medicine so they can actually get some scientific data on it. And one of the things that she did, uh, this was like last year sometime, but she runs an experiment where she'll have people and she'll record the pH level of the water. Uh, she'll have them focus on it and then they'll come back and they'll either raise or lower it and they'll come back and measure it. And I want to say that everybody who has gone through the training and program she has, these people are pretty gifted and they've all been able to successfully affect the pH of the water. And it's not as consistent with people from other modalities. Um, but the, the whole point is not that hers is the best, but people, you can, your intentions, if you focus on things, you can actually see, have a physical measurable thing. And I think that's probably those types of experiments, Sam, is going to be what gives more and more credibility to this type of thing that we're doing here. Uh, people with, you know, not these, how do I want to say, you know, non-medical um, things where they can heal people. Right. So. Yeah, no, there's a lot to it for sure. And I certainly don't know everything about it. I'm looking forward to, uh, seeing what they come up with, I would definitely love to even participate in one of those experiments yeah. down the road if uh, that was something that I was able to do. Yeah, I have to find out when she, uh, she's going to have her come to the, one of these classes coming up, so I'll have to, I'll, that, but that, that'll be a fun one. Um, all right, uh, next one, we'll go to I Am Richie and Sam and Rudy. In 1971, D.B. Cooper hijacked a flight for $200,000 ransom, then disappeared after parachuting from the plane. Uh, the case remains only the only unsolved commercial airline hijacking. Can you tell me what happened with D.B. Cooper? Um, he did have the money. Um, he did land safely and he just disappeared into life. I mean, you know, he didn't, he didn't, um, end up anywhere where he knew he would be. It wasn't like he had a car set aside ahead of time or anything like that, but he did have money. So, but he just was very, very smart. He was very slick with how he covered his tracks. Cause it wasn't like anybody said, Oh, you know, I saw this guy and, you know, 
he had a parachute strapped to him. Well, no, of course, when he landed, he hit it and made sure that it wouldn't be found. Right. Yeah. So. I think we've covered this a couple of times. I always forget what the answer is, but I know you said that he got away. Um, and they do still find packs. Like, I think they found some disintegrated money, you know, occasionally. So I mean, he, maybe he didn't get away with all of it, but um, yeah, that's interesting that, um, you know, and that's why he got away with it. Right. Cause nobody talked, nobody, <laughs> he didn't have help, but he kept his mouth shut. That's right. All right. Uh, Rise and Shine says, hey, Sam and Rudy, just want to know what the beans on the other side say about this COVID pandemic. Is it needed or necessary for us to go through or experience for the Great Awakening? Uh, second question, will there ever come a time when going to the hospital will be exciting instead of being a stressful event? Yeah. So, you know, grandkids, that can be an exciting event that comes out in people's future there's some people right now who are you know adding to the grandchildren every single year they seem to be hitting that time frame so that was that's always exciting times um the covid pandemic that is uh, something created by humans um it's not needed or necessary um i don't believe in those sorts of things i just think that this was something that was foisted upon us and we do get pandemics every two to four years. Anyways, this is just a part of living on the planet. It doesn't have anything to do, but there's no spiritual meaning to it. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I was just uh, <laughs> replying to human avatar on the sideline. Sam, could we all, like, what if we had, we ran a uh, Ethereum node or a, a Bitcoin mining rig for Sam yeah. Jammers, and we all focused our intention that this one's going to pay off. That way we don't have to share in a big mining pool, right? We could, yeah. <laughs> I sort of something like that is possible. Um, all right, uh, next question. Let's see. Dutch Bruni, do you see the three, uh, Chinese Three Gorges Dam breaking in the next few years or ever? Um, I did mention a little while back that I did see it breaking like down the road, like a long time down the road, but not in the next few years. I did not see the Three Gorges Stand breaking. Okay. Uh, DS app writes, hi, Sam. If there is one source from which everything emanates, isn't it the case that both light and darkness originate from it? If darkness is separate from the source, then it means the source is not the source. Or if the source is only light and if uh, darkness represents deterioration thereof, then it means that source is not perfect. Or if the source has total control and yet it allows for darkness, uh, then darkness uh, is by design. By the way, uh, who or what are the people on the other side? So pretty uh, philosophical there, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's um, that's a, the different thing from religion. I mean, I've often told people, people are like, oh, well, if they're a medium, why would they do that? And I'm like, well, not all mediums are good, you know. Like you can choose what to do whatever you want to do, you know, with the information that you get. And, um, you know, when people are walking through that there is light and there is dark and you yeah. choose you know it's like a tightrope and darks on the left and light is on the right i think that so my understanding is source has control over all so source does have control over darkness as well because i remember i remember when i was young seeing those like the like the demonic creatures and then speaking in tongues and then it made them 
um, like, well, definitely back off. So there's something to that, I think. Yeah. And I would say, you know, because I was, as I read through and research these topics, um, it sounds like a little bit like Zoro Zoroastrianism, uh, which, which is, a, it's a monotheistic religion, but it talks about the duality and that there's multiple components um, of dark and light. So, yeah, I would say that's a, not a um, unfamiliar concept with religion. Uh, you know, you could probably find out more about that, but anyway. All right, thanks, Sam. Uh, next one from Suji. Hi, Sam and Rudy. Any ideas when Trudeau will be toppled as Prime Minister of Canada, and who's next? Hmm. Well, unfortunately, Canada does not have a strong leader of the opposing party, so I think, unfortunately, he may be in for the next election. They may have put him in, so that's kind of a shame. And he's so pretty to look at, right? People just like to look at him and hear him talk. <laughs> well, a lot of people are very socialist-minded in Canada, you know, yeah. and just and that's because um, Canada has a lot of resources, and you know, but so many bad decisions have been made the last like ten years. So once people get a taste of the results, you know, with all the money printing and everything, then things will yeah. definitely turn against the government. All right. And last question of the night from Kiwi Mark. Hi, Sam and Rudy. What is, uh, why is it that the dark forces feed off fear and negative emotions? Thanks. Mm. Well, when you think about it, um, dark forces are part of the energy that's out there and fear and negative are, um, they would elicit a lot of energy because you get a physical reaction from it also in your mind. So you can see how that would, you know, if you're a light being, right, and you're a yeah. human and you have extreme fear or really negative, that's going to put more out there than, you know, if you're just kind of monotone or so they yeah. definitely like to elicit that. And I, I think it feeds them too. It just... You know, they need it. They need it to feed off of. That lower vibration. Interesting. All right. Well, thanks, Sam. Um, good show tonight. And uh, let's give folks an update on the schedule because I think you got some changes for August. Um, and what are your plans? I think we're going to skip the next meetup and move one of the mediums back, right? That's right. So um, I'm going to be away. Um, I'm leaving after I do the meetup with Muant. But I can still do some stuff like Psychic Nerds on Zoom. But next uh, Wednesday, I would have had asked a medium. But what I'm, I'm going to do is move that ahead to the following Wednesday. Okay. So so we'll see a little bit of a different schedule. Um, and that weekend, I'll, the advanced and premium live stream is not this weekend. It would be the following weekend. But I worked it out so I can still, you know, still everybody's going to get their live stream. Okay. Sounds good. Well, then uh, we will see folks back in about a month and uh, I'll have to come up with some new interesting topics. So keep posting in the discord and we'll get inspired from there. Thanks Bye, again everyone. for hanging out. Bye Thanks for now.